There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Love is the law. Wherever you hear the Lori and Julia show on the radio, on the app, on the stream, but wherever you are, we thank you. We thank you for listening, and in, in return for your listenership, we're going to provide a quality show. We're going to talk music today. We're going to talk Bachelorette today. We're, we're going to talk in, life. Yes. We're going to try to say all the words right, <laughs> as opposed to yesterday. Yesterday was super fun. Yesterday was some disturbing. There was something in the air. It was weird. It was a blonde, manic Monday. <laughs> and yeah, most and of it for hosted me. Hosted and co-hosted by Bo Raka. You know how yeah, there's Bo Raka. There's Mo Raka. Bo Raka. That's your new name, Bo Raka. I thought it was more Baracko. No. I like Bo Raka. Once again, you're getting your syllables mixed up. We're off to a great start. That's no, right. Mo Raka is like this great guy who does mobituaries. Oh, yeah, I've seen him. He's, he's always on those like VH1 shows like, remember the 90s? Yeah, well, he's, he, yeah. he's CBS Sunday morning. He does a lot of stuff with CBS. He took my idea of yeah, celebrating lives well lived and remembering people who live via can, their obituaries. You can still do it, Lori, because oh, yeah. he doesn't... I, he doesn't populate it very often, is what I want to say. Julia, he can have his mobituaries. It's the best title, I guess, of that type of thing. Lobituaries. Lobituaries. Oh, my gosh. Lobituaries. <laughs> because I want to just talk to old people. So well, we both have this passion for the elderly, but whatever. And we have Hi. an obituary of a life well lived. Yes, uh, we do, to, to celebrate. Today, and we found out uh, yesterday that uh, her sister-in-law told Variety that uh, Broadway legend, Tony Award-winning Anne Ranking, Ranking King, an actor, dancer, choreographer, died Saturday night. And Anne, I, I know you're going to say you don't know her, but you watched Fosse Verdon. And Margaret Quayley, right. Andrew McDowell's daughter, is basically playing Anne. Yes. She was a longtime lover of Bob, Bob Fosse. Yes. And portrayed by Margaret in the Fosse Verdon, which if you haven't watched that limited series. Oh, that amazing. I'd like to. Okay, that's a great show, Rocco, if you haven't watched I know. it yet. And I just put two but even before this news came out, I just put two Fosse movies in my like Netflix queue. I got I I realize I need to watch all that jazz and Cabaret is another one, right? Oh, they're both great. It's so great. They're both great. And so Anne Renkin I think people will recognize her because once I saw a picture of her and her big eyes. Yeah. Um. So she was a star in Cabaret. She, I mean, excuse me, well, Chicago. She's, she's best known for playing Roxy Hart. Yes. After she replaced Gwen Verdon, mm-hmm. who you know, and she was Fosse's Fos- Fos- yeah. lover, yeah. and yep. so we kind of see that play play out. But she replaced Gwen Verdon, and she reprised the role in 1996 for the revival. 
and Sweet Charity, yep. Good Time Charlie, and in Bob Fosse's autobiographical film, All That Jazz, she plays a fictionalized version of herself as the main character's girlfriend in one of his music muses. And Anne, she was with Fosse for years. Margaret Qualley, Qualley or however you say her name, said... Um, about playing her, basically, in Fosse Verdon. She said, I really did watch her on video in the back of a minivan on my way to dance countless times. I was really nervous. I wanted to do right by her. I looked up to her, was so familiar with her. And Anne also did choreography. Her work on the later Chicago got her Tony Award for Best Choreography Choreographer, and she was the co-director and co-creator of um, the musical Fosse. Mm-hmm. Which was meant to showcase Bob Fosse's uh, choreography, and she, she's, uh, yeah. I just I did not realize that Anne was Margaret's character, sure. the longtime girlfriend. And this was the line that got me in a statement released by um, Anne Rankin's family over her passing: "Is Anne was the heart of our family in the life of the party." She was visiting her brother in Washington over the weekend when she went to sleep and just never woke up. It's not a bad way to go. Yeah, I'm telling 7, you. 71. And right. And and now we were talking about Margaret Qualley and I don't know that we touched on this. I know Holly did in the Dirt Alert, but Margaret Qualley is going to play Ginger Rogers in the biopic Fred and Ginger with Jamie Bell playing Fred Astaire and casting. She's going to be Ginger Rogers. Mm. I can't wait for this. I love those two. They have so much drama. Yes, Turner Classic Mo- Movies has had a Ginger Rogers Fred marathon. Astaire marathon all week. I DVR Top Hat. Oh, that's in so my good. Ep- oh, Lord, that's such a good to, one to watch. I have Funny Girl. That oh. I think it's like Barbara Streisand and Fred Astaire. Those are so I what have a happy couple day. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Funny Girl's the best. Mr. Einstein, Mr. Mm-hmm. Einstein. I've got twenty-seven impressions. But yes, Anne was beloved in the theater yeah. world. So many tributes for her, and she also. Um, was she starred with Dudley Moore in 1984 when he was the it guy of the moment after with, Tan and Arthur? Yeah, it was a movie called Mickey and Ma, directed by no, no less than Blake Edwards and also starring Amy Irving. Oh wow! And she was married four times, never to Bob Fosse, but for most of the 80s to this uh, finance guy Herb Allen, and they were like in the tabloids uh, on the regular. In the 80s. Yes. So, yeah, people really, really were crazy about her. And Holly posted, like, about 10 of her performances, her iconic. So if you want to take a look at that. And yeah. See her and she, you know. All right, Anne. Anne. Arrivederci. Rest in peace. Um, also, I came across this story, and it was so ridiculous. It made me laugh and laugh. And I thought, here's the headline. Press-on toenails exist. Have you heard about this, and would you try them? And Rocco, if anyone has listened to our show for a long time, Lori they knew about these years, years ago. ago. <laughs> these have been around okay. for over, t- probably 12 years, 15 longer. years even. Longer, when longer. When they first came out, we had an experiment. Th- that's right. Uh, but there are press-on toenails, and I've known about it. Um, you tried like, them. I tried them. I had forgotten that my sister lost a toenail to fungus, and she had introduced me to her tone, press-on toenail for her big toe, and I was so disgusted, I put it out of my mind until I tried them. And when you tried them, Lori put them on every toenail, and she oh. came into work and said, 
My toenails can't breathe. Every single one of my feet has a different headache. Remember, you were freaking out. You're standing here like, my toenails can't breathe. No, no. I'm freaking you can they look get so pretty because can... people are using them on their nails right now. Press too. on toenails? No, press on nails. I mean, same thing. But press on nails. Toenails exist. You can yeah. get them at CVS and Walgreens. Do know that if you put them on and you have sensitive toenails, which you may not know, so after you put them on, the glue and the plastic could cause your toes to throb and you'll have to wake up in the middle of the night and go put your toes in Water a to bowl soak them off. to soak them off. It's funny because ever since then, I didn't do it, you know, because you had such <laughs> drama over those toys. I'm turning around, looking behind me, thinking of you standing over in this corner in the studio, just, Julia, because we took a picture for probably the Facebook at the time or something, oh, and you're Lord, like... I'm glad that's never come up in a memory. Like, My toes have so many different headaches, and I'm like, they look so nice. Because I swear you did a French manicure or something. It was French manicure. And and Drew Barrymore and Ross Matthews were talking about this when he was a guest on her show. And they were, um, you know, just in awe of the fact that press-on toenails do exist. Yes. You know. You you can bend over and cut them and put them on your toe in the exact right spot. Oh, no. Casey was like, what the hell are you doing as I'm pressing on toenails? I said, oh, I, I don't have good toenails and I'm going to put on these like they're basically stickers I don't... but they were hard stickers well they're just like a press on yeah. fingernail mm-hmm. if you've ever done one of those anyway they exist so if you too have toenail fungi not that anyone needs to worry about that right now our feet are firmly encased in shoes. I did I I know but a good pedicure manicure sounds really good right now because our hands are so damn dry All and right. paraffin racks would be delicious Delicious. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Well, all is well in the world. Mariah Carey is back at number one for uh, her Christmas song, and that song's number three. I know, and Felice Navidad made it to the top ten for the first time ever. It's the holiday season. Did you guys ever see Elvez when he would play uh, I saw first him, yes, once, years ago at First Avenue. I, I was, because I, I heard his version of Felice Navidad mm-hmm. the other day, and I thought to myself, I miss... Elvis, he used to, he was, his first shtick was that he was a Mexican Elvis impersonator. Right. right. But he sort of, he was a very talented guy and he sort of took it in different directions and he did like a, a political show and he did a Christmas show. And I just wondered if you as an Elvis fan had ever yes, seen him. Yes, I saw him at First Avenue. I mean. Really? That must have been fun. He 20. was super good. Just yeah, a yeah. Great and I think we thought it was like an Elvis joke? show. Oh, oh, Elvis. Like we were not. Oh, right. All the way in on the joke. Right. We're like, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. that's right. No. Elvez, if you're out there, come back to us. We need you. Yeah. Maybe Elvez. next year he'll be able to have a show. So yes. last night was really a hot night. Late night on the couch. The chicks were on with Seth Meyers, Kyle Chandler. I tuned in to James Corden because I just love him. Taylor Swift. Not performing, but a guest on Jimmy Kimmel, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper on with uh, Stephen Colbert. It was just kind of, there was a lot to watch. And I thought Taylor was really kind of... Um, she was cute. She was very cute. Mm-hmm. And so here's just, uh, I guess they're, you know, how she does the Easter eggs. Anyway, fans were convinced a third album was coming that in 2020 that she not only wrote... 17 Car- songs for the first folklore. Yeah, Car- or folklore, then Evermore. So here's Taylor. It would uh, be Forevermore. Forevermore. 
I want to look at uh, something that appeared on the cover of uh, Folklore. And if we zoom in, we can see it says Woodvale there in the tree. Now, online, people are going nuts now saying that's the third album. You've not just recorded two albums. You're going for a third, and the third will be called Woodvale. True or false? Okay, well, this, this takes a bit of explanation. Yes. So I tend to be sort of, um, sort of annoyingly secret agency about um, dropping clues and hints and Easter eggs, and it's, it's very annoying, um, but it's fun for fans and it's fun for me because they like to pick up on things. Um, and they'll notice lots of things in music videos or photos or whatever. And then sometimes um, I take it too far and I make a mistake. <laughs> And basically, uh, when I was making Folklore, the album that came out back in July, I was too afraid to even unveil the title of the album to even my closest teammates in management. I didn't tell anybody the album title until right before it came out. And so I came up with a fake code name that had the same amount of letters as Folklore, chose a random name, chose Woodvale, wanted to see how it would look on the album covers, mocked them up, and then decided, I don't actually want to have uh, a title on the album covers. And we forgot to take the fake code name off of one of them. Is that true? Is that really true? Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> wow. there isn't a title on this. No. It's just her in the woods or the willows or the spring. In this latest one? Yeah. Evermore, whatever she, it is? Yeah, I think she's in the woods. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So they talked about turning 31 and all the different fan theories. And one of the fan theories is that she wrote the song Tolerated after watching um, or knowing about Prince Charles and Princess Diana in The Crown. If you listen to the lyrics, people are convinced that's what Tolerated is basically. But she really is top, top, top secret, even out secret. And she said, not even my management and my team. Teammates, which I thought, whoa, that's very that's, Target. Well, well <laughs> yeah, that's pretty That's something. Yeah, she doesn't want. And then Dion Warwick uh, was, was on it again on Twitter last night because the jingle ball was broadcast on the CW. And Billie Eilish performed with her brother Finnegan and she yep. did her whatever the that latest song yeah, is. I yeah. can't think of the name. And then they did a cover of a of a Christmas song and Dion was like, uh, you know, who is ever who is this spooky William Eyelash she's seen like it's Halloween. It was absolutely hysterical. Dion is owning Okay, well let me Twitter. tell you And the- Stephen Colbert talked to Chance the Rapper about Dion Warp. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Wick And that she was like, I can't stop thinking about this Chance the Rapper. Why did he put his name in his, his title? His title. Yeah, wait, his, wait, wait. his artist name. If he literally, that's what he does is right. rap. and. Chance, he's really a sweet guy. Oh, my word. He's only 26. He's going to his, you know, mm-hmm. next year's his 10-year high school anniversary. Okay, that... So he's been rapping for 10 right. years. 
And he said he couldn't believe he knew who Dan Warwick was. And he told Colbert, he said, I was just kind of floored that she knew who I was. And he said, now we're going to maybe try and do something together. He said, but they I are. Let me just tell you, really it's been honored. done. It's Nothing Impossible is the song they're going to do. And it's with DM Warwick, The Weeknd, and Chance the Rapper. So okay. there you go. I'm in. I yeah. totally, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I think so, too. So the other highlights, I guess, from Jingle Ball besides, you know, uh, and I think she might have gotten that William Eyelash that might have been in the skit on SNL. Yeah. Where she missed, she calls Billie Eilish William Eyelash, the Dionne Warwick character. And I so I think, you know, Dion saw that skit and she thought it was very good. So she was just kind of playing and having fun. But on the Jingle Balls, Dua Lipa is so good. She's saying, she is. She sang one of her songs and then she sang the, uh, you know, Happy Christmas War is Over, the John yes, Lennon song. Yes. Oh, really good. And then that that little, that little Louis... Gabaldi, I just yeah. want to squeeze his face. He, I don't know. Who he's you, Scottish. He's Scottish. You can barely understand mm-hmm. him, but Capal, he, it's Capaldi. You, you would know Gabaldi. it, Boaca. I don't think I do. It's Capaldi. He sings Louis. He's Capaldi. He sings that song that we hear on the show. Yes, yeah. wishing you were gone so or wishing you were here. He did a cover in a Santa outfit of Last Christmas by go. George Michael. Yes. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah, it was really... Was it great? It was really good. And then Shawn Mendes sang Wonder. Uh, Sam Smith performed. And then Shawn Mendes did something that kind of surprised me. Played with the piano and sang a really great version of the uh, Can't Take Bangers Off of You. I love you, baby. He's very, he's so good. very talented. And later in our show, we're going to get up to what he's talking about with People Magazine. And he says, forever and everyone just said, thought he was gay. And and it's been like forever. Talk to Colleen and Bradley. They have been great per, proponents of that. And that they've got that Sean and Camilla, if they're faking a relationship, it's going on a long time. Right. Well, we'll uh, talk about that later in the show because there's... Also, know. Harry uh, was in like the desert uh, with an Airstream and a couple of backup singers playing the guitar doing yeah. Watermelon Sugar yeah, and that, Golden. Yeah. I don't know when it was taped or that whatever. Was last, I for some reason saw that last weekend. I don't know why. Um, I don't know what he was doing. It was on something else. It was taped for this yeah, show and probably used for some other things. Yeah. But he looks so cute because he is doing a movie. And I mean, he looks like uh, it's a very 60s sort of a look. The look movie how John is- Hamm, Madman, you've had the title for the sexiest man in the 60s TV show. You think it's going to go to someone else? Harry you think Styles. he's going to have to pass it? He's going to pass it on to Harry Styles because Mad Men's been off there for so long. Okay, so when we come back, we're talking with John Bream about holiday gift music for people that you love in the Twin Cities area. We'll be right back. It's Lori and Julia. I might talk 107. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're going to get productive and talk music with John Bream, music critic from the Star Tribune. Hey, John. Hi, John. Hi. I don't know why I, we I can tell you guys contain multitudes there with Mr. Dillon. Huh? Yeah, I know it. You know, we that's the first time I've heard a song from that new the, his new album that did you love? Oh yeah, it's an excellent album. I've got my top 10 list is running this Friday and it's pretty high up on the list. It is and you would recommend uh buying, let's see, we did post this is from the thing you did like at the end of November, your 15 holiday gifts for music lovers. 
We mm-hmm. did link that up on our website. So if people want to, uh, uh, you know, get your picks and stuff, because that was a really great list because we've missed so it's, much this I year. I know it. Is there something on that list that you really, John, kind of feel like this is just would be the coolest gift ever and it's it's it was made because it's 2020 or something? Well, I don't know if there's the coolest gift ever. I mean, you know, there's a lot of masks that you can buy from places like First Avenue or Crooners or whatever. Right. Um, club selling, you know, masks. But I think a gift that would be pretty popular with a lot of young women would be that cardigan sweater at Taylor Swift's website. <laughs> but, you know, that was so last album, like five months ago, right. the cardigan song. Now we have the new Evermore album, and don't we need a wool plaid coat or something? Yeah, right. <laughs> what, what's your review on Evermore? Uh, I think it's very good. I think I may even like it more than Folklore. Really? And, uh, yeah. Actually, the review ran online. Oh, I wrote it as soon as it came out so it ran friday morning and it'll be published in tomorrow's newspaper but i i think it's really pretty good but you know like most great auteurs taylor needs an editor there's probably two or three songs that we could have done without and there's 15 on the album 17 if you get the deluxe version so she she cranked it out this year I guess That's she funny did. that you Talk said about that. being p- productive during pandemic no huh? kidding pp productive pandemic when you talk about her needing an editor do you think she'd listen to anybody who would say, you know, this is just too much or it sounds the exact same as the other ones? Yes, I think she would listen, unlike okay. some other people like, say, Prince might not have listened to an editor. Right. But, you know, the first time I interviewed Bette Midler when The Rose came out, she said to me, and these aren't her exact words because we can't say her exact words on, on the air, mm-hmm. but you got to know when your own poop stinks. Yes. And if you don't, you need someone to be able to tell you about that. Okay, so, a lot of people need to listen to that all over. <laughs> yeah, everyone needs an editor. <laughs> right. Um, okay, so what is the scoop, do you think? Uh, did Bob Dylan sell his musical rights just as a, like, to take care of all this for his heirs because he is, like, 79 or 78? I mean, do you think that was the reason behind it? Well, he's 79, but... Let's make this clear. He sold this song publishing. He did not sell the recording rights. Okay. So the song publishing. So that means that if, um, say, some entity wants to use this, one of his songs uh, in a commercial or in a movie or in a TV show, then they go through Universal Music. Why did he sell it? I think he's a very smart guy. He wants to get his estate in order. He's probably seen what the estates of Aretha and Prince and James Brown have gone through with people feuding, because even if there is a will, it's not always clear about things. And he he probably didn't want to set up a situation where, say, Jacob Dylan is debating with uh, his sister, Maria Dylan Himmelman, who's married to Peter Himmelman, like, oh, that song should be used in that commercial. No, Jacob says. Maria says, yes, you don't want to get in those family feuds. So Dylan solves it all by saying, okay, we're going to sell it, and we're going to give the kids straight cash, homie. Did, did, I love it. You don't have to worry about it. Straight cash, homie. Right. I love it. Is he, does he have, like, does a chaotic, maybe that's not the right word, but his love life, I mean, does he have, like, ex-wives, ex-lovers, children with multiple women? 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. He does have two ex-wives. We didn't know about the second wife till long after he divorced her, mm-hmm. and they had one child together. And he may have—he's definitely had lots of lovers. He may have some other children that we're not aware about. Of I don't really know for sure. Okay. All right. I think. Okay. But so we he, can speculate. Yeah. Let's speculate. No, I, I think... A, he contains multitudes, you know. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it, I guess it does make perfect sense, like you said, to just... That makes it very clean. Just give right. everyone and then money. you don't have someone coming out of the woodwork like you've had with all these, you know, women who said they had Prince's baby and stuff right. like that. You know, just all kinds of craziness going on. Even, Our courts are busy enough, aren't they, with stuff? They are. Even Dolly Parton said, you know, after the Bob Dylan deal that she might consider it because she's been working on getting her ducks in a row ever since, I think, since Prince. Because she alluded to having people having mis- messy situations if they passed unexpectedly. Right. And she doesn't have any kids. Right. How about, uh, what do you think, um, if people are looking, like, if they've got a Dolly fan in, in, in her in their life, the song teller, my story and lyrics, that is it like a coffee table book? It looks wonderful. Oh, it's definitely a coffee table book, and you can use it to exercise with if you want, too. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's got lyrics to almost all her songs, and then it's got stories behind most of the songs, and it's got some photos that people have never seen before from her you know, personal scrapbook and things like that and um a friend of mine bob orman uh co-authored the book with her and and he had a fun time doing it during during much of it during quarantine so he told me about the long conversations they would have about each of the songs and and that sort of thing or if you would rather look at dolly instead of read about dolly there's a 19 dvd set for i think 240 dollars that you could you could buy Oliver's plenty list. of Dolly viewing time there. All right. Did you did you ever read the meaning of Mariah Carey? Did you read her book? Um, I've got the book. I've read through parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I read several chapters. Um, if you're into Mariah Carey, it's very very revealing, almost like, almost to the point of being gossipy. But it's very therapeutic for her, and she gets a lot of things off her chest about. Lots of different issues she had in life, growing up as a mixed-race child and being rejected by classmates because of it, and the abusive relationship she had with her first husband, Tommy Matola. It's all pretty uh, juicy stuff. You think that'll be a good biopic? Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If someone can make it without her having to lord over the whole thing. Exactly. Well, that's our fear with like the Madonna one that she's been working on with... Um... Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody. I mean, how does she let Direct. go of the reins? Yeah, it, it, it's really hard when you have, you know, a control freak um, producer star who it's all about. And you can understand why they want to control their story because they want it from their point of view. But, you know, sometimes the audience wants the warts and all, and the uh, the subject doesn't want those warts exposed. What do you, uh, do, are you a fan of Rock and Roll Miley and her Plastic Hearts album? Um, I think it's a fun rock and roll album. There's nothing very original about it. But Miley is one of our greatest chameleons. You know, she can do, you know, pop music. She can do dance music. She can do country music, folk music. So now she does rock and roll. She tries to become, uh, can't decide whether she wants to be Debbie Harry or Joan Jett. Yeah. But it's a fun record. Yeah, we She's, like the we songs. Love it. I, I, we I, I've had her. a lot of fun with Miley during, uh, you know, the, the quarantine. She's done some fun 
fun broadcast. Yeah, um, the backyard sessions or whatever those yeah, are. Yeah, the backyard, her little talk show, and she's done um, some nice videos and some live streams, and, uh, and now she dropped this album, so it, it's fun. Not groundbreaking, but it's fun. Yeah. How about, you know, I mean, you've been covering music for a long time. I think, you know, you're, you're the longest-running music critic in the United States. Do you think 2020 is going to be a year of, like, a lot of protest music and meaningful music that, you know, has has been written, has been released, or is going to be with everything? Uh, yes. In fact... Along with my 10 best albums list on Friday, I have the 10 best topical songs of 2020. Oh, good. Okay. Um, now, the, you know, they're topical songs, but did they get much airing? Did Probably people hear not. them? Not a whole lot, other than maybe March, March by the Chicks, formerly I love the Dixie that. Chicks. Um, most of these songs didn't get much attention. I Can't Breathe by her mm-hmm. probably got some attention, but like I love Sick and Tired by Sounds of Blackness, but very few people heard that. All right. Well, when we get your list, John, on Friday, we'll play some of the, We'll play those songs. Just to, excellent. You know, it'll, um, it'll get some people to wake up. We need some woke people. Some yeah. Woke. Okay. I have a question for you, John. All right. So, in a perfect world, twenty twenty, we're going to be able to go back to concert venues and and get back with our life. Who, if you knew, you know, you didn't have a lot of time left, and there was a concert that you need to see. Who would who would you want that to be that was performing? You mean the the stream concert that we're no an in person concert that you get to go see in twenty 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 one twenty twenty one yep next year yep who are you most anxious like if you only got to go see three concerts next year or something who would be the ones that you really must go see? Well, I would have to put Taylor on that list because I'm curious she was all geared up for to tour behind the lover record to mm-hmm. a stadium tour and now she's dropped two new records which are completely different sonically and she's so creative and so inventive i would love to see that tour definitely um the rolling stones tour was yes. fabulous i saw it last year in chicago it was supposed to come here this year 2020 i think everyone would love to see them again if, if mick is as good as he was when i saw him definitely those two would be at the at the top of the it's list. funny because we remember you coming on our show at the very beginning when we first started and you told us that you just had seen taylor swift this 15 year 16 year old girl that was going to change the world and that she still holds your heart i love it she's pretty amazing i mean she's definitely uh, a visionary like like prince you know she she doesn't play all the instruments but she does the writing she does the the arranging the producing and then the visual concepts and the business concepts and you know, she she draws out plans for her videos and helps with the storyboards, and, and she's just very, very active, creative mind. Yeah, That's how cool. about, um, I was so mad at the CMAs, uh, John, about Charlie Pride. Jeez. I think we all should be. I mean, it was great that they honored him. But, but they could have honored him last year. For him to come to Nashville, expose him to... COVID. COVID, because that's what he died of. He's 86. He was in kind of fragile health. And, uh, you know, in an in a indoor room, even though it was a big room with lots and lots of other people, was that the smartest thing to do health-wise? I'm, right. I'm so and, sorry to see he passed. And why so I was glad. I, I talked to Garth Brooks this fall. Oh, you did? And he, and he had recorded a duet with Charlie. And it was interesting. I, I said, how did it come about? He said, well, 
Earlier, he had read a um, rumor on the Internet that Charlie had passed. And when he found out it wasn't true, he called Charlie the next day and said, I want to record a duet. And they recorded it in September of this year. It was the last recording that Charlie did. And it came out on, in November on the new album, Fun. On Garth. Yeah. Oh, is it a, is it, is it a good song? Uh, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. It's a it's, meaningful song. It was written by a, a different songwriter, a guy who grew up somewhere in the south, I think Mississippi, and it was a, it, the guy's a white guy, and it's about his friendship with a, a black person from the other side of the tracks. Right. And it's a true story. Yeah. And, but hearing Garth, a white man, sing it with Charlie, a black man, uh, gives it lots of resonance. It's, it's a very relevant song. Probably could have made my topical songs list. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, John, it's always so good to chat with you. It's good to chat with you. Um, thank you. We'll be looking for your end of the year list this Friday, and we look forward to seeing you. But we'll talk to you in 2021, I'm sure, before we see you. Okay. And hopefully we'll get some concerts maybe by fall of next year. I think we might start seeing concerts cross our fingers and hope the vaccine works. But, oh, yeah. Uh, All right, John. Thank you, John. Thanks. Thank Keep you. Keep rocking. We will. Okay, listen, if you want to look at the 15 holiday gifts for music lovers, Taylor Swift, Bob Dylan, and more Prince, we've got that list uh, posted on our Low J show page. And when we come back, we got to talk about The Bachelorette. That is a great version of that song. It is jazzy and snazzy. Come on, boys. All right. Okay. The Bachelorette. Do you see how what a compressed season we have? Yeah, but it was deceiving because I really just thought it was the men tell all, but it was really an hour of the bachelorette. And then the men tells all because it's compressed, compressed. It deliciously delivered, though. I don't mind it being compressed. She said she was at home, Tasha. We have the audio. Oh, all right. I mean, I don't know if we'll have that where she talks about getting the phone call. Yeah, I just thought that was wild. And suddenly 48 hours, she's... There. She's the bachelorette. Let's take a listen to what GMA says. It was an episode high on drama. Noah, you created this drama every step of the way. Personally, I think you're intimidated. With it's the men telling game. all. I'm sorry you can't express how you feel as a man. And Tasha shedding tears. Oh, really? <laughs> while eliminating four suitors, including Blake and Noah. First thing I learned about myself is I give this weird, condescending, smug look to the camera. Never knew that about myself. I'm glad that people saw the real side of me, every single side, good or bad. And you could call me weirdo, you can call me wherever you want, but uh, you know what you have with me now, and um, I'm happy with that. The ongoing feud between Noah and Bennett, one of the biggest storylines this season, right up until the end. I just thought that was kind of weak, and I also knew that once he did that, I was going to go home. For Bennett, I felt like he would go out of his way to be condescending. I, I leaned towards Noah's side in the end, uh, even though, yes, he was young and things, but uh, maturity isn't defined by age. And so uh, I was on Noah's side for a lot of things that he did in the house, and I'll continue to stand on that side. It's like it hit me that I just sent like an, an amazing man home. The remaining contenders for Tasha's heart, Brendan, Ivan, Zach, and Ben, on to the hometown. I mean, hello. Uh, the boy drama was just at an all-time high. I loved it. And okay, I think I the think producing she's gonna drama is, Tasha. don't wear a brassiere. Oh, my gosh. All right, so you would, you send me a picture of her in this Rocco. Alter. I might have sent it to you. Yeah, send because it to I, These boobs are not to be believed. They're gorgeous, but they're uh, too... 
They're big. too globus. They're too big that a word? to go braless in silk. Okay, I'm, I'm. I mean, unless you're. I'm sending this to you right now, Rocco. Mm-hmm. Baracko. It's funny. I had just stepped out of the uh, the room and I came back to hear braless in silk. So yeah, bring it on. Bring okay. it on. So we, we, but this that's is... a producer going, Tasha. Don't you don't need to wear a bra with that. And I'm just like, oh my god. Her mom is sending her a text and yelling her, Tasha, girl, why didn't you have a bra? On? Why didn't you wear a bra? Because they were they were overwhelmingly um lush well mm. white yeah are but you it, sending me a picture Julie? I, it came okay. i just sent it mm. all right thank you our stuff doesn't go quick between <laughs> studios there's a wall between us yeah yes. but the thing about it was i don't know how i literally had just sent a note to paul yeah about her now because he was watching with his daughter and yeah. i'm watching it and he and and then you sent it to me and yeah. i'm like i just sent that to paul because do you have it yet, Rocco? I do, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> just, I, mean, I don't know how any of the guys can look her in the eye. I don't. Her breasts are huge, huge. which is fine, but it really, they. I was so glad she sent home Potato Face. Oh. That big guy that she did the Reiki thing with, and he oh, got yeah. the boner when she was. Did oh, you yeah. stay for the bloopers? Wasn't that Blake? He was I, the one that was so happy to get redemption. I don't know. I don't know any of their Here's names. Here's the ones that it's down to. Ivan? Yeah, no, they just said Zach, that. Brendan, and Beth. Yeah, I, well, I didn't know if you remembered. I can't. I couldn't tell you who's who. I can't. And Zach I is the one I think she's going to end up with the smush face from Boston. Yeah. The um, recovery specialist. That's who I think she'll end up with. Okay. Ben? I know, because reality Steve is Oh, then don't tell me. Don't tell, tell me. you. Don't tell me. Um, yeah, I just think that they, I don't know. I don't know. So next week, the hometown visit, the families come to the La Quinta Resort and Club. Because of COVID, she can't travel to their hometowns. They come to her home hotel. Yeah. Um, I think it was, I think it's so good this season. I am so into it. I will it. tell you one thing that happens next week. Cause the finale is it a spoiler is, alert? Well. I don't know if I want to know. I will tell you that somebody leaves the show of his own accord. Okay. He's not feeling it. Got it. And he takes himself out. Now, whether, you know, it happened. uh, Okay, I wonder if it's Ivan or Brendan. I know who it is, but I won't tell you as your. As my. I know who the final two are. I mean, Reality Steve has shared it all. Well, I don't want to know. I feel like that's just ruining it. Yeah. It's kind of fun to not know. Someone's parents don't show up for the hometown or for the at La Quinta and that guy takes himself out. Well, there I think I know who it is. I think it's Ivan. I feel like he has uh, something going on with his family and there's some drama there and he didn't even want to have really a hometown visit yeah. because of the drama in his family. So if that's going to happen... You have a 50-50 chance of being do. right. I do. Mm-hmm. All right, but I... I don't know why this one is just kind of fun. She's a great bachelorette. She's great. And I think the part that she had and there 48 a- hours to just, they said, do you want to be it? Claire's a dog. We're dumping her. She's already out. Can you get on a plane and, and take some COVID tests and come to La Quinta? All right. Let's just go real. Well, we're not going to have time, but I just want you to know that the current legal mess involving Erica and Tom Girardi. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. That's right. Stealing money from plane crash victims is literally a storyline from Revenge. If you remember the ABC. I love the ABC soap opera. show. Revenge. And remember her husband. That guy yes. was, he was a lawyer. Yes. And he stole money from plane crash victims, the settlement. 
to fund his lifestyle. It is literally a revenge storyline. And Tom Girardi's 80-something, and he won like a, a class action. Lion Air, the yeah. Malaysia plane crash. Suit. But he, before that, Aaron Brockovich, the famous movie mm-hmm. that Julia Roberts won yeah. an Oscar for, was his story, basically. Yesterday, he had his assets frozen. The feds are looking into him. He's blaming wow. a mystery illness uh, uh, that sidelined him and made him not pay attention to stuff. And his own law firm partner is suing him for taking out mortgages on their building without them knowing it. And Erica Girardi said her favorite song of the year, she just did this two weeks ago, was her own song, Expensive, with two X's in it. And I thought, this is Exhibit A. When they go to court. Oh, Rocco, if you knew who this person was and her glam team and how big she bragged about their money and their two jets two years ago. Oh, and the judge froze all of his assets. Jeez. So this How is how dumb to go on a reality crap. show while you're embezzling money from your partners and from victims. I give you Teresa and Joe Judas. You're right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they'll have a lot of exhibits to show. Wow. But yeah, it's a revenge plotline. All right. It's expensive to be a con artist.